0: Okay, we're in Mark chapter 13. Last week, I really would have liked to have got up to the abomination that causes desolation. I'm going to start there, and we're going to start in verse 14. As soon as we invoke the blessing, indeed, Father, uh, I, I think this is a lesson in futility absent your blessing, but why wouldn't you bless? I mean, why wouldn't you? You love to bless us. You're a a loving Heavenly Father. You you, you put these words down for a reason, and I'm sure um, you want us to know these things. Spirit of God, teach us, work with us, help us to understand, cause us to know what you want us to know. Be blessed in this whole process. Lord, I, I have no confidence in the flesh. All my confidence is in you. Father, I just pray you would uh, give us a real understanding and help us these these technical things, Lord. Uh, Help us to, to know what it is that the Savior is talking about. We ask it in his blessed name, even in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. But when you shall see, verse 14, Mark 13, verse 14, but when you shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. Okay, stop there. We've been introduced to a topic, and I don't know if one in ten Christians could talk about it intelligently. I think we as a church would do better than most churches, but it's a technical term, and Jesus wants us to understand, <laughs> obviously. It's spoken of by Daniel the prophet in a couple places, most notably in chapter 9 or first mentioned in chapter 9. I'm going to look at Daniel 9, 2 Thessalonians and Revelation, and we're going to, at the end of it, we're going to understand, without a doubt, what the abomination of, uh, that causes desolation. Okay, we're going to understand what that's all about. Okay, Daniel 9, we find the prophet Daniel praying to God, and God sends... Gabriel in verse twenty one. Yea, whilst I was speaking and praying, even the man Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision at the beginning, began being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. He informed me and talked to me, and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. I want you to have skill and understanding too. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am coming to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. He's the greatly beloved prophet of the Old Testament, the greatly beloved in the New Testament is John, and both have to do with apocalypse. God loving us gives us revelation. One of the thing, reasons we know that God loves us is because he teaches us these things. Um, I'm come because, because thou are greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision, because you're greatly loved. Okay, verse 24, this is it, this is the heart of the matter. 20, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Who's thy people? Jews. It's the holy city, Jerusalem. you got 70 weeks. I'm going to find out these weeks are weeks of years. 70 times 7 years. 490 years. you got 490 years, okay? That's what he's saying. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. To what? To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in an everlasting righteousness. And to seal up a vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. We're going to find that 69 of the 70 weeks of years are contiguous. And the last one, known as the great tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, the time of Jacob's trouble is not connected to the first 69. There's a gap between the 69th and the 70th week. That's where we live right now. How long is this gap? Well, we'll all find out together. I believe when the 70th week of Daniel starts, we'll be watching from the mezzanine. Let's keep going. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jer- Jerusalem under the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. How much is three score and two? It's 62 and seven. And they're broken up into that way. There's seven weeks and then there's 62 weeks and The commandment to restore to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, three score, and two weeks. And the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. More on that, read Sir Robert Anderson's marvelous book, The Coming Prince. Not only is this prophecy fulfilled, it's fulfilled to the day, to the day that Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, presenting himself as the king, the Messiah, the king of Israel, to the day. And so I say Sir Robert Anderson. He was knighted for his work in this book. And uh, um, he's a, he lived just after the Civil War. He was the head of Scotland Yard. And it's an amazing book, okay? One of the amazing things, I can't go on. i get got so much stuff to cover. Is that he understands the restoration of the nation Israel before it happens? Not many of his contemporaries did. Okay, he called. I says the way I see it, the way I read Scripture, Israel has to become a nation again. Wow. He called the shots. Great, great. Okay, and after three score and two weeks, so there's a seven weeks and the three score and two weeks. So in in, in total, after the sixty nine weeks, Messiah, Messiah shall be cut off. Read it, killed. Read here, killed for a capital crime. Karat, that's the Hebrew, and it means received the death sentence for a capital crime. What was a capital crime? Oh, blasphemy. Was he guilty? (laughs) Not if you're God. But anyway, that's why he was killed for a capital crime, but not for himself. This is Daniel's, he's in Babylon, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus Christ. Incredible, incredible prophecy. Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall co- that shall destroy the city. And that's one of the titles of the Antichrist. The prince uh, uh, that shall come. Okay? And the people of the prince that shall come and destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolation to determine. So you think of Titus Vespasian and Jerusalem being destroyed in AD 70. And you'd be right. But he's only a type of the Antichrist. Some people want to say he's the Antichrist. You miss way too much scripture, and I can't develop that idea, or we won't get anywhere. And he, the prince that shall come, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. I'm in verse 27. He's going to establish or enforce a covenant with the many is a euphemism for Israel for one week, one seven-year period. Again, the time of Jacob's trouble, uh, the the Great Tribulation, whatever you want to call it. Many thing called many things in Scripture. Whatever title you're good with, I'm good with. One week, seven years, that's the seventieth week of Daniel, and that day one. That that the ink's not dry on that covenant. That is day one of the tribulation. You can clock Jesus. Return right to the day. You say, no one knows the day of the hour. No one knows the day of the hour when he's going to come for his church. But the second coming is very, very precise and very mathematical. And if you don't know it, there's so much scripture on that, okay? But again, he's going to confirm the covenant with many for one week. Isaiah calls it the covenant with death. You don't sign a covenant with the Antichrist. You think he's going to keep his end of the bargain? He's not, and we'll learn that right here. Uh, he's going to confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, three and a half years in, really? Yeah, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and, and the oblation to cease. That's why, What's one of the reasons we think there's going to be a temple, a third temple. He's going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, read, understand, Jesus says, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that, determined, shall be poured out upon the desolate. So that's the first mention of the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. I think it's also in chapter 11. But I'm going to skip over chapter 11 and jump right to um, the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter 2. And this explains that I think, Very crystal clear. Okay? This abomination that causes desolation. All right? I'm going to read chapter, starting right in verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Is that the rapture? Yes. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of the Lord Christ is at hand. They got some word that were already in the tribulation. Were they? Oh, well, Of course not. It was a, a, a forgery, supposedly from Paul. And he says, no, no, no. Don't you remember when I was with you, I told you all these things? Let no one deceive you, verse 3, by any means. For that day shall not come. What day? Time of Jacob's trouble. The, 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 the 70th week of Daniel. That day is not going to come except... They come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The man of sin, the the son of perdition, the prince that shall come, the one who's going to enforce the covenant, all the same person. He's the beast of Revelation 13. We'll go there next. He's the Antichrist. A lot of titles for him in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Interesting ones I like to talk about. I had a list of them when we were talking on Wednesday nights and we were augmenting our Revelation series. I think there was like 33 titles of him in the Old Testament and 13 in the New. Both interesting numbers, but I haven't got time for that. But that day is not going to happen, the day of the Lord, until the falling away happens. Now, the word falling away is apostasia, so people say it's apostasy. Well, I would make the case we're living in the day of apostasy. 65% of Christians don't take the Bible literally and believe there's mistakes in it who people call themselves evangelicals. But I don't think it means apostasy. I think it means falling away, even into the idea of snatching away. I think it's talking about the rapture, unapologetically. Uh, I'm in a minority here, and I want you to, if you agree with me, you agree with a minority position. Listen, Christians who believe in the rapture at all are a minority position. People who believe in pre-tribulation rapture are in a minority position. People who think this verse is referring to that are in a minority of a minority of a minority, and there I am unapologetically. I believe that's what's being said here. You say, well, it says the word apostia. Uh, uh, that's, that's apostasy. We, you know what apostasy is. But I think that's English. We've assigned it that meaning. I think he means the, the gathering together, the the falling away, the taking away. I think it's a reference to the uh, the rapture. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, time will tell. Either way, uh, that, that's not my only proof text for us not being here. Now, when the 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 time of Jacob's trouble, the seventh week of Daniel happens, we're saying this is what's going to happen first, the falling away, and then the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. You ain't going to be here. This scripture says you ain't going to know who the Antichrist is, right? My guess, I always thought it was Edwan, <laughs> but I don't think it is because... I'm here, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, he's not very Antichrist yet, but I, I you know, he is the out of everyone on the world, you know. But some people think Macron, yeah, they think he's unimportant, he's inconsequential, you know. And we, others have talked about these different ones and stuff like this. Now, don't get me wrong, Erdogan is against Jesus Christ and Macron is against Jesus Christ, and you can add Trudeau, and you can add our own beloved president, and many names to the list who are against Jesus Christ by their actions, but they're not the Antichrist, okay? I'm just, I'm just uh, to my way of thinking anyway. But he, this is, he opposes and exalts himself, this man of sin, the son of perdition, this Antichrist, whoever it is, he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So, that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Ah, so he had to live between before 70 AD, when the temple was destroyed. No, I think it's going to be rebuilt. There's going to be a third temple. The Antichrist, as far as I'm concerned, is not Titus Vespasian. It's not Nero of Rome. It's not Hitler. It's not anyone in the past. Now, If you know some stuff, you'll know that I don't remember 167-ish. There was a guy, uh, and he uh, was in the Seleucid Seleucid Empire. He was a uh, of what was the Hellenistic or Greek Empire after Alexander died. uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, and he. Was head over the region of Israel, and he was a very specific antichrist type. He caught. He made an abomination that caused desolation. He offered. Uh, he put an a, a image, a statue of Zeus, in the holy of holies, and he sacrificed a pig on the altar. You know how Jews feel about about swine, about pigs, uh, and he made it illegal for the Jews to practice their religion. He killed children who were circumcised, boys who were circumcised. And he, you know, forbid Torah reading, and he was a madman, he was a maniac. And you think, well, that was the abomination of desolation. Well, it was typologically, but when Jesus speaks about it in Mark 13, it's like 200 years later. And he's still talking about it when you see this abomination of desolation that's going to come. And I think we saw kind of what it looked like in the Old Testament. Uh, In the intertestamental period, I should say, it's chronicled in the book of Maccabees. But anyway, uh, 2 Thessalonians, he he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God... Sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's what Satan wanted all along, to be worshipped as God. That's the whole thing. That is the abomination that causes desolation. Verse 5. Remember me not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? Um, I'm going to I'm going to keep reading because it's interesting to me. Remember, yeah, uh, and now you know... Uh, what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth. He who now um, prevents will prevent until he is taken out of the way. I think it's a uh, a reference to the Holy Spirit of God. He's restraining lawlessness. This is the restrained version, by the way, uh, until he's taken out of the way. And then that Wicked, capital W, it's talking about the Antichrist, he will be revealed after the Holy Spirit's taken out. When is the Holy Spirit going to be taken out of the way? I think the rapture of the church. That's my way of thinking. It's a lot of Calvary Chapel pastors' way of thinking. And, and beyond that, we, we don't have the market cornered on that. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his, brightness of his coming. We read about that in Revelation 19 and other places. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Uh, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And Jesus keeps on telling us, don't be deceived. There are those who will be deceived. Revelation chapter 13. I want to kind of sew up this idea of... uh, of the abomination of desolation, Revelation thirteen. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Oh no, chapter thirteen. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Is this the antichrist? Oh yes, it is. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth is the mouth of a dragon. The dragon gave him his power. Satan gives the Antichrist his power and his seat and great authority. I saw one of his heads that were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Is he a king or a kingdom? Both. So, if you see a kingdom come back into order, like the Roman Empire, is the Roman Empire a thing now? No. Will it be? I think so. But it's talking about a man specifically. Uh, I saw one of his heads that were wounded to death. So it's both a it's both a in my way of thinking it's a king and a kingdom. And they worship the dragon, Satan worship. See, you can't conceive of that, huh? Oh, I can. I see it. I see it plain as day. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. They worship the beast, saying, "Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Do the math, that's three and a half years, from the abomination of desolation till the consummation. He opened his mouth and blasphemed against God to blaspheme his name in his tabernacle and that dwell in heaven. It was given unto him to make war with the saints. See, Christians are still on earth. no. Saints are more than just the church. In the Old Testament, we have saints, people who believe in God. After the rapture, the church is gone. We'll have people who believe in God again. We read about this in Revelation. We talked about this at length. It was given unto him make war with the saints to overcome them, and that's why we know it's not church. Satan doesn't overcome the church. That's ridiculous. Uh, you've got to read Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 again. Satan doesn't overcome the church. It was given to him to make war with the saints to overcome them. And power is given to him of all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name is not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an heir, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. You're going to die if you're a Christian in the tribulation. More likely is not. Few will make it through. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Later on, Scripture refers to him as the false prophet. Here in Revelation 13, he's another beast. He came up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders. Hey, don't be deceived, Jesus says. He doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. This is the abomination of desolation. Follow me. Remember, it's in 2 Thessalonians. He sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. And makes everyone worship him. Now this adds to it it crystallizes our thinking he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do on the side of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as uh, many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed that's, and he sets up this image, if you ask me, in the Holy of Holies. Daniel says so. Paul says so in sec- Second Thessalonians. Now John saying so in the book of the Revelation. All agree. And he causes, but, uh, let me finish it off here because it's interesting to me. He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. You better worship this image or you're going to be in deep weeds but if you receive the mark, you're going to be in deep weeds eternally. There's no salvation after you say, yeah, I'm on board. None. No no repentance. No man might buy or sell, say he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Words calculate. If you're good at math, you should be able to do it. And by the way, both Hebrew and Greek I've told this a dozen times. The numbers are also their letters. Their lettering system, their numbering system. Everyone would have a my name in Hebrew. Your name in Hebrew has a numerical value. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six hundred three score and six. Mark chapter 13. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. And you're all saying, oh, i got this. It's when the Antichrist comes into the temple saying, hey, I'm God, and you better worship me in the, in the false prophets day. And he makes this image of the beast that can speak. And you better fall down and worship again. You're toast. If you're still here on earth, miss the rapture, that would be a bad day. You've got to get saved before any of this starts rolling out. Twinkling of an eye. When the rapture starts happening, you only have a chance to say, Oh, I repent. Lord, I'm, I'm ready now. <laughs> that ship has sailed, okay? I say, I laugh, but I'm not, it's nothing funny about it. Let him that readeth understand. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Are you in Judea? No. So you ain't fleeing anywhere. You'd be in heaven. Let him that is not. This is very Jewish. Okay, it's exactly like Matthew. Matthew was written to the Jews. There's only a few verses different between Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13. Only a few verses different. It's almost word for word. Uh, So you Judean people, you Jews, flee the mountains. uh, Specifically Basra or Petra, as you would say. Let him that is on the housetop not go down. Under the, are you guys in the housetop? You guys live on your roof? They do. They do in Israel. It's like they're, where their patio is. Let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything of his house. I'm going to grab the photo albums. You ain't got time. You No. I want him to grab the will. No. Get beat feet. Jesus is saying, you, speed is of the essence here. Let him that is in the field not turn back. For to take up his garment. Don't even grab your coat. You got to go and you got to go now when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. But woe to them uh, that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. Why? Because babies really slow you down. And again, uh, it's of the essence. You know, we had babies. It takes like 105 minutes to get all their stuff together, just to go across the street. They're not. They're not conducive to flight, (laughs) to running for your life, okay? Uh, And pray that your flight be not in the winter. Why? And, and of course, in uh, Matthew 24, it says, pray that your flight be uh, your flight. Flight means to fly from somebody, to to run away. Uh, We're talking about refugee. We're talking about getting, well, the getting's good. Pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath, it would be very, very hard. You'd have to do it by foot. You wouldn't be able to... I mean, there's still places in, in like, Jerusalem. You can't drive in the old city. You can't, they'll, they'll throw a rock at your car. Um, you know, Sabbath elevators and all that. You're not going to catch a bus or catch a train. The place is, like, slows down on the Sabbath. Pray your flight be not in the winter. It's still parts of southern Judea that are that uh, impassable uh, because uh, the wadis overflow and and things of those nature. Uh so you know, you want to be, you know, able to get away and get away fast. From those days shall be affliction. The word there is philipsis. It's the word that we get tribulation from. I wish it wasn't affliction there. I would read it, From those days shall be tribulation. Such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. So not only is it tribulation, it's a great tribulation. We never see nothing like this, is what uh Jesus is saying. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. He's saving people during the tribulation time. And he's shortening the days, so to speak. I does that mean less than seven years? I think it's gonna be forty two months, time times and half a time, three and a half years, one thousand two hundred and sixty days, is it? I can't remember. Uh, he's given everything except broken down in nanoseconds. He's, he it, uh, and that's when Jesus is going to come back, three and a half years after the abomination of desolation. What does it mean shortening the time? I, just keeping it to seven years, I guess, is the way I would take that. But I don't know. Then, if any man shall say to you, "Lo, here is Christ," or "Lo, he is there," believe him not deceivable uh, deception. Just it, it's, it's how many times during this would Jesus says, don't be deceived. How many times in Thessalonians, Paul says, don't be deceived. It's all about deception. Now, I'm glad we live in a place and at a time where you know, we can turn on the news and get truth all the time and nobody would ever lie to us. I'm glad you're laughing. I'm glad, if I said that like 10 years ago, people would say, yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful time to be alive. You know, all we get is truth all the time. Uh, again, I just want to nod a gratitude to uh, the beloved President uh, Donald Trump who gave us fake news and it's part of our jargon now. I remember talking with people and I'm, I, listen, no joke here. I'm straight up serious. I remember talking to people they're saying, and they said, uh, well, you know, the news said, I said, the news said, well, that's not true. And they said, Adam, if it wasn't true, they couldn't put it on TV. No, you know, I've had adult Christian people say that to me, okay? And I'm just thinking, I think we're all, as a society, three and a half years of Russian collusion, I think we're all past that now, that they lie to us, and they try to shape us and form us, not inform us. I think we all are on the same boat about that. Even the local news, you want to watch the weather and stuff, you want to catch, good, I, that's fine. Be on your guard. Even the local news is trying to sway you and trying to mold you and trying to manipulate you into being a a certain world citizen. Just, Just telling you. And there's a lot of delusion out there. And there's a lot of pitfalls if you're not Look at I don't know why you watch news anyway. Read this; it's 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 fresher than tomorrow's newspaper. It's just going to tell. And do, does the Word of God lie to us? Um, never. Is it have any errors? Um, none. Uh, uh, do they have to walk back statements and retract uh, articles? That, no, <laughs> no. Uh, and if we really want to know what's going on, you can watch CNN if you think that's the the best out there. Or oh, you can read the Bible. I'm just telling you my own opinion for what it's worth. Read the Bible. Okay, anyway. If anyone's going to say, here's Christ, or here he is, believe or not, false Christ, false prophet, shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Can they seduce me? I don't think so. I'm the elect. And so are you. You know, I, listen, if I start worshiping Allah or Buddha, or wow, oh, I haven't got deceived. Oh, he fell by the wayside. I, I wouldn't, if I were you, I'd spend zero time worrying about that. And if you care about me, you pray. That's that's fine. I always like people praying for me. I'm not worried about that at all. I, I believe that the spirit of truth resides in me. I believe he wouldn't let me. Have you ever see somebody who looks like they used to be of us, but they're not with us anymore, they went out from among us, that it might be known that they were never of us. This is in First John. I can't remember exactly where. First got, got to mean something, right? If it were possible, I don't think it's possible to deceive the elect. I don't think it's possible. Even before I was elect, I, I had a baloney meter. I think we have a innate sense of truth. That I might just... Been saved so long, I forgot what it was like before. I just saw to see some crazy person on TV just begging you for money, begging. You. I was like, "Guys, hey, he's all about the money." I saw it then. Like, what did I get stupider when I get saved? A lot of us were. I, I think some people are kind of naive, but pray. Because I'm the same like you. Someone say something and I think, oh, I've never thought of that before. I wonder if that's scripture. I wonder what if that has any value to it. And I pray. And the spirit of truth will lead us into all truth? Yeah. I I mean, look, I, I, I pastor Calvary Chapel. Why? Because I'm smarter than everybody else? No. Oh, listen, I didn't even joke about that. I'm No. No, because the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. I believe that. Okay, let's keep moving. But but listen, you, take ye heed. Behold, I have foretold you all things. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be dark and the moon shall not give her light. There's a question of homework about that. Can a world survive with no sun or no moon? The stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers in the heavens shall be shaken. When it talks about stars of heaven, the word stars is heavenly bodies. It doesn't mean stars like battle geese is, you know going to hit the earth. Uh, that would be a problem, okay? Long for it got anywhere near the earth, it would char the earth to ashes. It would turn, okay? But it means heavenly bodies. It's talking about meteors, meteorites, comets, things of this nature. I think it's what it means. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. I think the glory, the Shekinah glory, would be on Jesus Christ. The sun's not shining anymore. The moon's not giving our light. The moon doesn't have innate light anyway. It's just reflected light from the sun. But these heavenly bodies, you don't see nothing. You see the glory of Jesus Christ coming. Every eye's going to see him, even them who've passed him. They'll wail over him. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But every eye's going to see him. They're going to think, well, who's that flying guy up there with those armies behind him? Gee, I wonder who that is. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> They'll all know, and they'll, they're will they thinking, uh-oh, this is not going to go well at all. Some will think, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> I'm holding out here, just, just a little, because some will be saved at that time, and some will be very excited about his return. They're going to see the Son of Man come in clouds with great power and glory. Kind of reminds me of Joshua going around 13 times around the the city of Jericho. How many times, because the world's turning. Jesus has come back. How how many times are they gonna see before he actually I don't know. I don't know. I think of like one complete revolution just so like everyone gets a chance to look and think, uh oh. My goose is cooked or again, if you're on the right team, if you miss the rapture but you get saved after, you're gonna be saying, Come on, you can't hold out much longer. Then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Some people think this is a rapture, and I think you're exactly correct. It's the rapture of the tribulation saints, if you want to call them that. He's going to collect his own. Why wouldn't he? But some people think it's the rapture of the church. No. You're missing way, way, way too many, much scripture. Again, am I going to teach on the rapture? I think I, I was like four Wednesdays. I talked, I, I used every verse I knew um, in type, in... Re- There's seven raptures in scripture. Did you know that? Like Philip the Evangelist, he's, he's, he's baptized, he's the Ethiopian eunuch, right? And then he was no more, God took him. What is raptus? It's, no, it's not raptures. It's, 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 it's harpazo in the Greek. It's the same word we get the word rapture from. And he's found in Azotus. Well, he wasn't raptured to heaven, but he was yanked out of that scene, and it was a picture of raptures, seven of them in Scripture. You can There's articles on it. If something like that interests you, you can go. I, I say raptures, types. There's one rapture of the church called the resurrection, but it's typologically all through Scripture. Okay, let's keep moving. They're going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power, and he's going to send his angels, gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of heaven to the uttermost part of heaven, one side of earth to the other. Right Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the door. I think it's Luke that says, when you see the you know, learn the parable of the fig tree and all the trees, Fig tree in scripture is often Israel, and some people think it's Israel in this passage. When you when you when the branches you tender and put forth leaves, you know summer's near. When you so people think of it's a picture of the reestablishment of Israel as a nation. Is it? It can be. It might be. Okay. Uh, know that summer's near, or is it just saying you know when you see a fig tree? and it starts to green up, you know it's getting close to summer. And again, Luke mentions, I think it's Luke, you can look it up, it mentions the fig tree and all the trees. Is that Gentile nations? I don't know, right? Uh, again, there's a big debate about this. Um, so it's happening, it's right now, it's, it's, it's coming to pass. Verse 30, very interesting, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till all these things be done. So when Israel comes back as a nation, you've got one generation left. Now, that has been taught for a long time. It's been taught in Calvary Chapel circles. There's a problem. 1948, nation reestablished itself. Now, even if you make, make it 67, when they recaptured Jerusalem, you start doing some math. Okay, 48, 40 years, generation, 88. And we see the book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Returned in 88. Yes, we owned a copy of that. Okay? Uh, Was I deceived? Well, I woke up and smelled coffee, especially when they came out with 89 reasons why he'll come back in 89. Uh, uh, The guy led a group to Israel to be uh, in Israel during the Feast of Trumpets uh, in 1988. But he bought... um, uh, return tickets. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of strange. Um, you know, if you're going to be raptured, what's this, what's the sense, right? And of course, it didn't happen. Now, this is date setting classically, and I, I don't want to be I don't want to be part of that because uh, even if you believe 67, if you add 40 years today, you will say 77, 87, 97, 2007. So these dates are come and gone. By the way, where they get 40 years? Because a generation scripturally can be 40 years, but can also be 25, 40, 70, and 100. I've seen all these in scripture talking about a generation. A generation like of, like you have children, 25 ish years, right? It's not 40. You know, not too many 40 year olds are having babies, but that happens. Certainly not too many 50 or 60 year olds, and certainly no 70 year olds. Uh, with a couple of scriptural exceptions. Uh, I mentioned uh, Sarah, right, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Elizabeth, a couple, right, who are elderly. It doesn't happen all the time. But about 25 years, or 40 years, because Jesus says this generation is going to die off in the wilderness, their kids are going to inherit. Uh, I say 40 years, nominally 38 because that's when he pronounced the judgment. They were two years in. Scripturally, 70 years can be a generation. Remember, he says to Abraham, he says, you're going to go down, your your descendants are going to go down to Egypt for four generations, and later on it's 400 years. And by the way, 400 years to the day, because God doesn't approximate. He talks in specifics. I don't want it to be 100 years, because... Guess what? You're 48, let's see, uh, 2048. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to be, like, super old. You know, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm ready this year. I'm ready for him to come back right now. Uh, so I don't want it to be 100 years, but does that matter what I want? No, I think what matters is, listen. listen. I'm going to do a little exercise with you. Um, Blue-letter Bible, boom. Uh, the word is genia. Okay, I looked it up earlier. Fathered, birth, nativity. When he said, like you know, you know, Abraham fathered Isaac. This, that's the. It's the same idea. Okay, we're not we're not talking about a number of years. We're talking about lineage. Two, that which has been begotten, men of the same stock, a family. Then it's subdivided the several ranks of natural descent, the successive members of a genealogy. Metaphorically, a group of men very like each other in endowments, pursuits, and character, especially in a bad sense, a perverse nation. Jesus called an evil and perverse generation seeketh after a sign. Same word. Is he talking about evil and generation 40 years seeking after a sign? He's not using it that connotation. He's not using it numerically. And then finally, an age, i.e., the time ordinarily occupied by each successive generation, a space of 30 to 33 years. Now, genus can mean a generation by implication, an age, a period, or the person's age, generation, nation, time. I think he's using it like nation, family tree. This is what I'm thinking is what's being said. This generation, this family, this group of people, this tribe, this nation, Israel, is not going to pass till all things be fulfilled. In Scripture, He says it's easy to do away f- with Israel. All you got to do is get rid of the sun and the moon. You remember that where, it's, where it says, uh, "If you can destroy the sun, if you can destroy the, my my um, not contract, my covenant with the sun with the moon, you can destroy Israel." You remember that, anyone? I think he's using it the same way. Okay? This nation, this generation, this genos, is not going to pass away until all these things be done. You're never going to wipe out Israel. Um, All the Hamans and Hitlers, and they've all tried. Antiochus Epiphanes, the Antichrist. He's going to try to wipe out Israel. Why? Because he's going to make it so no Jews are here to say, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. And there's no Jerusalem to return to. Will he be successful? He'll be more successful than many. Ultimately, no. Why? Because Jesus says, this generation is not going to pass away till all these things be done. Oh, heaven and earth is going to pass away. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But my promise, my words won't pass away. And I've said this a lot of times. I've said this a lot of times. Everything you know, everything you love, everything you hold dear, everything you treasure is their mark for destruction. People are permanent. Souls are permanent. And God's word is permanent. You're going to live forever. It's the only question of where. You're going to live forever. God's word is forever. So we're binge watching some stupid Netflix I don't know, Game of Thrones, uh, Breaking Bad, uh, Friends, I whatever silly thing. We're going to be talking about that in heaven. It's that's, that's like nothing. It's a fad. It's passing, okay? And if I mention your favorite, don't come up and yell at me afterwards. Just I'm saying everything we know is earmarked for destruction. Except relationships. Even marriages are. Not am I for destructions, but we promise till death do us part. Say, Adam, you sound like you're anxious about that happening. No, I'm not. I'd like to be married eternally. I mean, I really, really would. I am to Jesus Christ. Relationships matter. People matter. Stuff doesn't matter. Word of God Study this. (laughs) It's never obsolete. I know it's not politically correct, but it's heavenly correct, okay? To know Scripture in heaven is going to make you, I don't know, I don't know, upper echelon, I don't know. I don't know how it works. God's Word's never going to pass away. I love that. Fads come and go. People's opinions. Word of God, Oh, I love that. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. My word shall not pass away. And my word, I'm promising you, Israel's going to be here when I get back. I love that. He says, when I reassemble, they're never going to be dispersed again. But of that day and of that hour, knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. Ancient wedding ceremony. They have the, the, they seal the deal. They have a like a prenuptial kind of a promises, they drink the the wine. I'm not, we're not going to drink it again until I drink it in our father, my father's house. He goes and he adds an addition, a room or like an L, onto his father's house, and then he goes and fetches his bride. His father comes and expects him, when it's all done, he says, "Good work, son, go get her." That's how it works. Jesus is saying, "I don't know the day of the hour I'm whenever dad says, "Go." When is that going to happen? When is Jesus going to come fetch his bride? I hope this year. I think this year. Could I be wrong? I'm always wrong. Every year. Every, every time January 1st I was wrong, I thought, I thought this was going to be the year. Oh, but maybe this won't come. I'm, and I live that way. And I think it's a wonderful way to live. I really think this year, though. I mean, I really, really do. Will it? We'll find out together. Is it going to interrupt your plans? All of them. His plan is better. His plan is better. No one knows. That, not does Jesus know the day of the hour now? Ostensibly. I, at this time in his humanity, he didn't. The angels don't know. So, but there's always a guy who knows. And he's always got a YouTube video. And there's always a Harold Camping. And there's always a, a guy who's going to make us all look bad by saying stupid things. And He's got it all figured out. I promise, I promise you, if God tells me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I also promise you won't. Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the Wednesday night question was, if you could know something for certain, for true, what would you want to know? If absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. And me and Sue was talking about this. She goes, would you like to know the date of the rapture? I thought, No, I'm not better than anybody else. I'll probably be just like everybody else. He's come back in 12 years. Next 11 years, I'll live like hell, then get ready. And you say, No, you wouldn't. I don't think I would, but I don't think it's given for us to know for a reason. I mean, how many of you knew he's come back like October from now till September? You just you'd be it'd be horrible, and then you get on board in September and get all holy again and repent. Some would, but it's not given for us to no, know. He wants us to be, well, let's, I'll show you what he wants us to be. You, you don't know the day of I would take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. So the Son of Man, he's like, you know what it's like Jesus saying, it's like a man taking a journey. He left his house. He gave authority to his servants, to every man his work. i got work for you to do. Occupy till I come, right? He says in another scripture. He commanded the porter to watch. So he sets a gatekeeper, and he says, okay, keep an eye out for me. I'm going to be coming back. I want you to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening or at midnight or at cock, crow, cock crowing or in the morning. Okay, you get even evening time, right? Midnight. Cock crowing early in the morning or in the morning. Could be one of those times or any other time. Why? Because the earth is round wherever he comes. That's what, eight hours away. I think it's eight hours away from Jerusalem. he comes to Jerusalem at high noon, it's going to be like four o'clock in the morning here. That's way before the cock crowing. No self-respecting roosters up at four o'clock. It's going to even be before that. Can it be? Yeah. So what are you going to do? you got to watch. you to stay awake. Saying, really? Because I love my sleep. I want. I need my beauty sleep. It's not that he's not talking about you to stay awake. What do you think he wants? It's all be like zombieism, and I'll be like, "Well, no, no, no." Spiritually, that's why I don't want to know when the rapture is coming. I be mean, spiritually, it, it could happen today. Less coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. I don't want to be spiritually asleep. You know what I mean? Asleep to the things of the Lord. I got to be first and foremost in my mind, in my heart. I got to be living out the things that God wants me to do. I can't be sleeping. You remember in the parable of the ten virgins. Even the five virgins with oil—they all had to be woken up. Is that a picture of the church? Yeah, hope not. Hope that's not us. Hope we're all about the things of the Lord. Hope we're on fire about Jesus Christ. So when He come, will I find faith on the earth? They can hope so. Hope you find us growing, living for the Lord. You're number one in our lives, and we're obsessed with you all the time. I hope so. But there's some, though, he's going to find sleeping. Will they be Christians? Yeah, but they're going to be sound asleep. It's, they're not... They, they let, you let other things creep in. You let other things take over. You let other things take priority in your life. When I tell you Jesus is coming, you very very excited. You're thinking, well, could He not come for a little while? I got this and this and this planned. And uh. if if you are like getting married in a short short time, <laughs> a week or a month or something like that, or a couple months, and you're like been waiting. You know what I mean? Ten thousand for view and Honeymoon's coming, and you're thinking like, I've been waiting this long. I'll give you a hall pass, okay? <laughs> if you say, "Jesus, come back," just a little. I, okay, I get it. I get it. Other than that, l- listen, listen. Even that, what you got, what you got, what he's got planned is so much better. I think of this. Uh, uh, um, David Hawken was getting married, and him his best man walk on him, and he says, "Just think." Jesus come right at this moment. <laughs> he's like the first time in his life. He's saying, "Oh no, <laughs> we get it, we get it." Other than that, like I, I don't care what you got, I don't care. He's going to throw up plans, his, but His plans are better, and we have to understand that. Okay, uh, don't be sleeping. What I say unto you, all, I say unto you. what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. What does that look like? Well, that's a homework question. What does it look like in your life? What is he commanding us to do? Okay, let's stand. Let's pray. I'm a couple minutes over. I'm sorry. I really had to finish the chapter though, because I kind of committed to it in the question. So we'll go out ahead in song. Thanks for indulging me and, like I say, going over there. God forgives me, and, and may or may not. Right? <laughs> she will. She's gracious. Let's pray. Our God, we thank you for this warning. Lord, we want to put you first. We want to put you foremost. We want to watch. We want to be awake. We want to. And look, look, look. Heaven and earth are passing away, but your word's not going to pass away. We love that. We love that. The surest thing in the universe is your word. Uh, Lord, help us to give it all the the, the weight it deserves, Lord. Um. Thank and praise that we were here listening to this teaching today. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.